that Jehovah Jireh has showed up in your life. I can tell you I have experienced Jehovah our healer. Jehovah our healer. Because in almost 28, 30 years of my life, I've not swallowed a pill. I can tell someone on the rooftop that there is healing in God's name. But I have not experienced Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the God of pressed down, shaking together, running over. The God of surplus. No matter what you have dealt with to be here tonight, I have a word for you to say, God is not a man that will lie. Whatever he has promised you, we bring it to pass. If you believe it, you will say good amen. amen. I take it as a great honor and privilege to stand before you and deliver God's mind in the next few minutes. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to the entire Pastor Repalali, our senior pastor, for such a great honor. Thank you so much, sir. Um, we're still undergoing a very effective training because the whole idea of raising us is not just for the confines of this place. Is that it's going to launch us to nations of the world. I'm trusting God to have Grace Assembly Canada Branch. I'll be the pastor. Canada Branch. You know what I'm saying here. Um, you don't envy me. It's Canada Branch. Amen. And I'll be the pastor there. Sister Choma, I'm sure you have plans to join me. So that you can sing more, I will not be silenced. Praise the Lord here. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you. It's such a great honor. And we just pray that God will continue to... Uh, for the posting, yes. <laughs> you know. Hallelujah. Alright. Um, we have very few, very limited time. I need you to please pause and journey with me in the next few 30 minutes hereabouts. And I'm going to try and flip your mind back a little to the journey so far that we've been having in the past since three months. This has been a surge of revival over this house. And we've had diverse... Um, um, experience on Wednesday services. We had a warfare Wednesday. We've had a worship Wednesday. We've had diverse encounters with heaven that is sufficient to make the devil flee from you. The way you are right now, you're already a result, a testimony just about to explode. Trust me, God is a God of process. One of the reasons why God does not bless you is because people are not matured enough to receive the blessing. Every process he takes you through is to develop maturity in you to develop, to receive the blessing. And for all that we have encountered in the past few Wednesdays, it's a process of development for the, to, to release the blessing and then we can truly hold the blessings. Now, in careful follow to the sequence of development parallelly from the messages of Pastor, it's been very high opening and deeply inspiring to know that if there is a church which I have been to many churches, this is one church that we don't practice religion. Everybody's real. We are real here. Very real people. There is no paparazzi of a jump stand oil. I mean, what was the last time somebody drank oil here? You know, you drank oil. We, not because we have a problem with it, but it's just not as it were in our practice for now. You know, we are very real with the practical gospel we hold on to. Now, how many of us will recall a series of Wednesdays and Sundays that our senior pastor taught on the wisdom series. Anybody recall that season? Wisdom series. And um, I know that some of us already have testimony to that effect because your foolishness level must have dropped by now. You are wiser than you ever started the year. Alright, now let's pay attention. The same subject, of course, was taken to the island church and the series ended uh, on Sunday, this Sunday. They finished their own slot of the wisdom series. I was privileged to be on the island church penultimate Wednesday and I, in my mannerism, I don't like to start another teaching. I would rather follow the sequence of what God is saying. And so I continued the subject of wisdom for success that pastor taught the previous Sunday. 
I continued on that subject. But um, for some reasons, we were not able to open the, the real teaching because the introduction alone took almost 30 minutes. Because until you understand how important it is to be wise, you will still take your good time to celebrate foolishness. Now, honestly, people that are foolish don't know they are foolish. It's only people that tell them that they are foolish. You know, because foolishness sometimes is a custom and tradition that over the years you have accustomed yourself to. You know, so it took its time to start that series of wisdom. And today, I feel the strong press and inundation to let us journey again on the subject of wisdom. Uh, we're going to have to talk, but let me give a foundation to why this subject is very critical, particularly for times as such as this. People of God, God seated in the, on his throne right now is deeply pained and deeply disturbed with the state of either the church as a body or the individual as a child, as, as his child. I can tell you that free of charge. It's not a prophetic inclination and it's not a word of wisdom. It's words from wisdom. Now, some Christians are also at their level, are beginning to feel detached. Now, it's okay with the media attack on the reputation of the church, with the government now encroaching on the free will expression of the church, the church that used to be the icon and the place where people take counsel. At. Government will do nothing without first consulting the church. But right now, they find it sufficiently courageous to even audit the church, asking us we need license either to preach or to hold video. Now, this is where we have put ourselves. It's not the fault of the government. Now, the people that ordinarily would be afraid to speak or to talk to, to, to men of God or to ad address the church as an institution, people we ordinarily call uh, Eden, unbelievers, now they, they, with all effrontery and all audacious disposition, they talk not just at you as a church member, they talk at our leaders. So, the noble toga, the noble title called pastor, that used to be a thing of pride and self-esteem, that anywhere you go, once you mention yourself as a pastor, doors are opened, and if there are crises on ground, they look out for the pastor. If a child should fall sick, the first person they want to call in my days of growing up is that, is there a pastor around, even before they remember a doctor? But right now, once you say, I'm a pastor, everybody just move back and then say, okay. If in reality, and with all honesty, you are a true certified child of God, all this development should bother you. Because without being told, it's just a question of time. It will not longer be a thing of pride and honor to stand and say, I am born again. Now, for you, it's not a problem. And I can understand because you have lived, you have come off age, you're matured, your sense of decision is already cast in stone. Nobody can convince otherwise that God does, does not exist to you again. Your mind is made up with God. But you know the real concern? Look behind you. There are some children behind you. That the only gospel they will ever refer to is the happening of God in your own life. The only God they will believe is the God they saw that demonstrated himself in your life. And I submit to say this, that God is not afraid to show up. God is not deliberately hiding under the pages of the Bible and say, I am God. No, God is much and ever willing to demonstrate his visibility enough to convince the entire planet. But you know the limitation of God? The real limitation of God is the channels and the vessels and the tunnels and the conduits we pass through, which is you and I. Therefore, the subject of wisdom in my total study of the Bible 
It's so very critical to change the revolution and the perception of how the church is being managed. And therefore tonight, I want to stay again on wisdom that helps you succeed. It might appear like copyrights from our senior pastor. Copyright is the right to copy. It's okay to copy. There is no law against. There is no law against plagiarism. Uh, besides, besides, Jesus would not have done anything. Bible told us that all Jesus would say is, as "I do." So you, I mean, pastor, will not be. It's a copyright. So the first copyright master himself is Jesus. All right. Um, Jesus is a representation. Now listen attentively. Of power. Pastor said this with all emphasis. He said they introduced Jesus to us as power. Jesus the powerful. And Jesus cleverly and clearly demonstrated how powerful he is. With all the diverse miracles he did while on earth. And that miracle enchanted and drew a lot of people to him. The blind came to him. The lame came to him. It was, it was the center of attraction because they saw an unusually powerful man. The power was too visible for even the Roman Empire to ignore it. Now, please be attentive. The power intimidated the foundation of hell. Satan came out and said, yeah, it's not our time for you to deny you. Power was real and available. And he got the attention of everyone that cut down the mouth of hypocrites. Things were resolved with the presence of power. Conflicts ended. Arguments stopped when power showed up. And so I said to myself, Jesus demonstrated power and at the time in the body of Christ, pay attention, a bit historical, power was very visible around the church. Am I correct here? Oh, you dare not come and commit fornication and sit in church because the utterances that will be coming out from here will pierce you from within and without attack of people run out. Your Romans 1 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. So the potency of the gospel, part of what it must demonstrate is power. Corinthians 1 2 was saying that I have not come to you with enticing words of men, but in demonstration of power. Ladies and gentlemen, our Christian makeup cannot be complete without some measure of demonstration of power. Oh, the little boys came to insult Elijah, calling him a bad hair. When they were done insulting him, all he did was to show power, not wisdom. He showed power and everybody sat up from that day. We cannot say that power is not necessary. So, bad enough that the church to a large extent as a result of complex desecration desecration on the altar desecration in the body of Christ it has reduced the flow of what? power, why? Romans, Romans 1 I believe 4 says and Jesus was described to be the son of God through their, through their power with, their, with holiness and power holiness and power qualified him to be called the son of God so power gradually dissipating Power drawing down, so anybody can just come and talk now. Now I said to myself, the reason why all this is going on is because people are not really flexing power again. Okay, Jesus then showed up again and said, "I'm not all about power, because when power is done with its job, what we manage the situation going forward, because the lifespan of wisdom is stronger than the effect of power." 
the impact of wisdom. Wisdom holds things. Wisdom preserves things. Wisdom gives room for repetition of the acts. Now listen to something Pastor said, and he stayed with me, sir. You see, sir. He said, if you ever succeeded, and you don't know how to succeed, at best we call it luck. But if you succeeded by wisdom, that means you understood the condiments and the uh, and the and the formula, and that means you can repeat it over and over and over. Power, we have issue with it. Wisdom, we're still we're still battling with that. Now, if you honestly ask me, what is responsible for our current limitation when it comes to description of success? It's not necessarily because there is no power, because power would always be there because of the gospel, but it's poor revelation of how to apply wisdom. On every matter, every matter, every matter that guides life, believe me, whether that was a rape allegation or not, it was not an issue of power. It's just a test of wisdom. Every saga, every confusion and controversies that has bedeviled any church or any institution or any individual, it is not the absence if the person is powerful. It's the lack of the operation of wisdom. It will be act of non-entity to just move around like a powerful man without wisdom. You know what that we call you? A fool. A fool. Why how do I know that? The Bible said there was a man who had so much harvest, and when he was done putting his harvest in the storehouse, he was so convinced and powerful with his harvest, and the Bible looked at him. For the first time, God used that word. He said, you foolish man, tonight your soul is required of you. I'm saying to us tonight, we need wisdom like the breath of our nose. And therefore, I will want to journey with you into dimension, because the nomenclature or the term wisdom it's not new to all of us. We all understand wisdom by word in English language. But in the light of what we are talking about here, it is not the wisdom you understand as it is interpreted or explained in the secular world. So you will come to the Bible with me now, join the Bible, and then I will start, start, I will start by showing you the various levels and types of wisdom. There are just four types of wisdom in the whole world. Quotes me anywhere. Four types. You are permitted to walk at either level of the wisdom. So to understand the four types of wisdom, let's open our Bible to James chapter 3 very quickly. James chapter 3. Because until we will understand the significance of this component called wisdom, struggle will still be at work in life. Believe me, it has been said and it is proven. There is no real problem anywhere. It's just a wisdom problem. I have marveled at my life that, boy, what exactly is your problem really? And my, the only answer I will give myself is that, Steve, you don't know enough. Your limitation is a function of your knowledge. You cannot do more than what you know. You can't excel beyond what you know. And so if you want to excel, all you are only telling yourself is, let me increase my knowing. Now let us look at four types of wisdom in the book of James. James chapter 3 from verse 15. Are we there? This wisdom does not descend from where? above. Meaning there is a wisdom that descends from above. So don't go there. Just keep that one. Go for that please. Please roll with me. He said for we are envy and self-seeking. These are components of one form of wisdom. For we are envy and self-seeking exist. Please continue. But the wisdom that is above is first what? Pure. Then peaceable. Then gentle. Then Willing, then what? Can you go further now? 
without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Can you please be sure that you are reading James 3 for me? James chapter 3, verse... Maybe I should check my own version of the Bible here. It talks about sensual wisdom. Try verse 14 for me, please. 14. 3, 14... James 3.14 Okay, let me read from this version. He said, if you are wise, live a life of steady goodness. Verse, I'm reading verse 13. Is that it? And if you don't brag about them, then you will be truly wise. And by all means, now I'm in verse 14, by all means, don't brag about being wise and good if you are bitter and jealous. Okay. It's 15. No. The New King James talks about wisdom that is sensual, wisdom that is demonic, wisdom that is from above. Now. The 15 is not complete. Okay. Exactly. So what happened to that 15 there? <laughs> There is earthly wisdom, there is sensual wisdom, and there is demonic wisdom, and then he left the last one. Now, what would you call earthly wisdom? Please don't let me lose you, please stay focused. Four types of wisdom. There is wisdom called earthly wisdom. What kind of wisdom is that? Common sense wisdom. Wisdom that is inherent in us by birth. As a matter of fact, you were not taught just the same way you will not teach a little baby of four months to know what to do with the nipple of the mother when it's time to eat. Is that correct? There are certain things by default is programmed in you, is latent, inbuilt in you by common sense. For example, for a little child, by the time you collect the little child's toy, it is not you that taught the child that it is time to cry. Inherently, the child knows that once you collect something that belongs to me without taking my permission, the next thing the child will do is to what? Cry. What is the objective of the cry? Why is the child crying? What's the essence of the cry? To call for help and attention. Now, nobody teaches children that when you take something that belongs to them, you take it from them and they should, nobody teaches them that. That's what we call earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is the inherent instinctive response of every human being to any situation. It's inherent in us. We're not taught, we're not, we're wired away from heaven. A product of your nurturing and, and environment. The next kind of wisdom is what? Sensual, which we call the intellectual wisdom. Wisdom that is a function of your five senses. That you will judge life, you will see life through how you feel, how you think, 
Everything about you is about your five senses. That is intellectual wisdom. That will produce lawyers, that will produce doctors, that will produce engineers, that will produce all kinds of people. Intellectual. But the offshoot of intellectual wisdom or sexual wisdom is manners. Home training. You know what we call home training? Every intellectual wisdom starts from what? Home training. And I'm sure you've met some people in your life. And the only thing is, ah, this person does not have what? Home training. It's called the intellectual wisdom. Now, I want to pause and say to us, by, to us by attention that at the level of intellectual wisdom, millions of people are excelling at that level. And so we have all graduates that are lawyers, but one would excel above. We have all that are doctors, but one will stand out. Because the more you invest in your intellectual capacity, the higher and more successful your chances are. God does not bless an idiot. That is a given. So I said to us here, it is essential to develop intellectual wisdom. It is very critical because ignorance will never be an asset under any circumstances. Now, you don't know, it's not an excuse at all. You should know. Everything around you now is helping you to know. Know everything, know a bit of everything. It is called intellectual wisdom because the more ignorant you are, the more vulnerable you will be. So we must read. Reading guarantees strength in intellectual wisdom. What is the other wisdom? Demonic. A lot of us are afraid of demonic wisdom. That we make a whole abalist who has not been to the four walls university and we make a professor mad. A little girl who knows nothing, we say, eh. And then you start to shake. You get a call from the village. It's a measure of manipulation of intelligence from demonic people. Demonic powers are real. Demonic wisdoms are real. Pretending they don't exist, it's not so much of your best advantage. There are people who practice demonic knowledge every day. But, we have something called the wisdom from above. While I was now meditating in my soul, wisdom from above, which is the pure wisdom, how come most people don't have it? How come even believers don't demonstrate it? And then I realized that if you have not read Job chapter 28, from verse 1 to the end, you won't know that this wisdom is not something you really come by easily. You must make every deliberate intended effort to find it. Job 28. If anybody have read that, the Bible said, men of intellect, men even with demonic powers, even those that have the best of earthly wisdom, they started a voyage, an adventure, to go and find the source of the real, of the true wisdom. And the Bible said they were so powerful enough in their power that they spoke to the graveyard and said, graveyard, where is the wisdom? The Bible said they spoke to the sea. Where is wisdom? You know, I would ask myself, with all that you have acquired, why do you still need this type of wisdom? And so, they're so wise. Now, the truth is, there is nothing mysterious. Your ignorance is only what defines mystery. Anything that you see is complex. It's just a limitation of your knowledge. Everything works when you know it. Now, so if someone is this developed, that he could speak to the sea, he could speak to the grave, he could speak to inanimate things, and they will respond. Such a man should be feared ordinarily. Yet, such a man was not satisfied. He still knew that there was something missing. It's called the pure wisdom. Be honest, I don't know too many people right now on earth who is working at that realm. But it's a realm that I realize that if we don't get into the intimidation, the harassment and embarrassment from this world, the devil is doing everything in his power 
to dislocate men from serving God. Occupying us with traffic, occupying us with job, occupying us with needs, everything around us. Why? The devil is tired of God having a monopoly of human control. He wants to share it. Some should serve him, some should serve God. And I have said here, if truly we are soldiers of Christ, the way forward to be on God's side victoriously is that you must start an adventure to look for this pure kind of wisdom. First Corinthians chapter 2. Now let's take a journey to what is this pure wisdom? Before we read First Corinthians chapter 2, let me read First Corinthians chapter 3 to you. Now, I have a different version of the Bible today. They might not have it up there. This is um, Life Application Bible. It's, it's for parents. So, so, I want you to please patiently listen. So, the way this version of the Bible introduced the journey to looking for the God's kind of wisdom. Listen to this. Verse 3. He said, Dear brothers, I have been talking to you. You know, I've been talking to you since. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quoting anything. I'm just reading from here. That's the tone in which he spoke with. He said, Dear brothers, I have been talking to you as though you were still babies in the Christian life who are not following the Lord but your own desires. So there are two people seated here now. Those who are here because of their need and desires and those who truly want to follow the Lord. No, no, that's the truth. Those of you we are seated here. He said, I can't introduce this knowledge to you because you are still a baby. Listen to what he said for that. He said, I cannot talk to you as I would to healthy Christians. I cannot talk to you like I would have loved to talk to healthy Christians. Meaning there are some Christians that are not what? Healthy. What are the symptoms of an unhealthy Christian? We can think about it. One of the first symptoms that you are not spiritually healthy is that if you struggle to pray. Quotes me anywhere. If you are having a lot of struggle with prayer, something already is fundamentally wrong with your relationship with him. Because prayer is not, in Jesus' name, so prayer is simply communicating. If you enjoy gisting with a lover, is there a boring moment? Anybody here falling in love with someone before? Uh, when, in those days when we were falling in love, you will pick your call. You say, eh, okay, good night. Okay, you to drop now. And then we can do that drop now for five minutes. You to drop, me too, I will drop. You to drop. And then, Palali, those who used to like, who like to drop their fiancé along, they would drop their fiancé down. In the five minutes drive away from where they dropped the fiancé, they would say, are you home now? Of course, you dropped him at home. Now, you cannot claim to have a healthy relationship with God and have a problem with conversation with him. And we know prayer is simply conversation. Now, look at what he said here. He said, I cannot talk to you as I would to healthy Christians who are filled with spirits. So, a healthy Christian is someone who is what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's now go to the same Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 1. Dear brothers, even when I first came to you, I did not use lofty words or brilliant ideas to tell you God's message. For I decide that I will speak only of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my preaching was very plain, not with a lot of oratory and human wisdom, but the Holy Spirit's power was in my words. Proving to those who heard them that the message was from God. Remember, the word power came in there. There was power in the gospel. So every message must come with power. But read for them. Verse 5. I did this because I wanted your faith to stand. I demonstrated the power so that what? Your faith can stand firmly. That was why the power was needed. To encourage your faith. Let's read for the verse 6. Yet... When I'm among mature Christians, did you read that? 
I do not speak with words of great wisdom, but not the kind that comes from where on heads. I do not speak things that you are familiar with, the wisdom dimension that you are familiar with. That's not what I speak with. Verse 7, he said, our words are wise because they are from who? God. Our words are wise because they are from God. Okay, so let me continue to read from the one you are familiar with. Can, you, can we stay on verse 8 now? Verse 8. Oh, they have the same version. Wow. Okay. Verse 6 says, But the great men of the world have not, listen to it, but the great men of this world have not understood it. If they had, never would have crucified the Lord of glory. This is what is meant by the scripture, which says that no mere man has ever seen heard or even imagine what wonderful things God has ready for those who love him. Now, he's gradually trying to capture the description of this dimension of wisdom. I only pray I take you really deep tonight. Please, bear with me. Verse 10. But we know about these things because God has sent his spirit to tell us. We know about this wisdom because God has what? Sent his spirit to tell us. And his spirit searches out and shows us all of God's deepest secrets, which is all captured in wisdom. No one can really know what anyone else is thinking or what he is really like except that person himself. And no one can know God's thoughts except what? God's own spirit. If you read further and further, for time's sake, it is clear that the wisdom this Paul was referring to here is not common sense. It's not wisdom that exhumed from the human flesh. It is not wisdom of intellectual permutation. It is not logarithm or algorithms. It is not, it is not permutation. It's not logic. It is wisdom that has strong affinity with movement of spirits. I hope I said it well. Meaning, if you have to enter the realm of this type of wisdom, you must be prepared to understand your spirit status. Listen, let me ask you a question. David had major battles in his life. When he was going to fight Goliath, did he use wisdom or power? Let's be, let's talk frankly. When David was going to face Goliath, what brought Goliath? Was it wisdom or power? Wisdom. No. Was it wisdom that brought down Goliath? It was power. He threw a stone. God gave the guy a backhand from behind. Bam! And the guy slammed down. And that was it. It wasn't wisdom. It was power. The wisdom there is that, please, you need power. Now, let me ask you, when David now started to fight battles like Saul, was it wisdom that was needed or power? You recall that life would always be a battle. Knowing which one to apply to it would determine the outcome. He didn't use power on Saul. The Bible said concerning David, and David behaved himself wisely. And as a result, it made the battle difficult for Saul. 
Now, the dimension of wisdom that David used is not the common sense, arrogant and prideful kind of wisdom, some of us. If some of you were in the shoe of David and you were confronted with a man like Saul, knowing that God ordained you as king and you met with him, I can tell you what you will say. Okay, Saul, take it easy now. Ah, your time is going to be over any moment from now. Listen, gentlemen. There is no problem in your life, but is that your spirit is not connected with divine wisdom. Therefore, the situation that you apply wisdom, divine wisdom to, you are applying strength and power. And it was clear when he said, by strength shall no man prevail. There is a type of wisdom. Now, I need to go back to the New King James Version of that same version. And then I will show you something he said. He said, I can't explain this wisdom to you because you are not matured. You are not. The title of this message is Wisdom to Succeed. I deliberately didn't emphasize on the success part because once you can get the wisdom, the success is a default expression. It will happen by default. But this wisdom is not agbari. It's not streetwise. It's a wisdom that is number one, born out of... So let me give you the first step. To access this dimension of wisdom, your consecration level has to increase. Now, consecration is not the same thing as holiness. When I mean consecration, meaning the devoted time you spend with God, that is consecration. The business of this type of wisdom is a time-consuming business with God because it is spirits in composition. So, anybody that is lazy by reason of flesh, you already said impossibility to access this type of wisdom. You must understand the principle of consecration. Conse you know desecration exists, then there's consecration. Consecration is not talking about holiness or sin. It's ability for you to spend quality time in intimacy with God. Because it's in the process of relating with God that God can impact your reasoning. Consecration. Access point to this strange wisdom. Now, I dropped this thought with you quickly. This run around in the flesh, after I wear it, will wear you out. I say this from experience, and a pastor will bear me witness. If you spend four hours with God on a project, let's say, for instance, you want to get a contract, and you spend four hours in intense prayer, look, seeking the face of God on that business, you would excel more than a man who woke up 5 a.m. If you have ever read Psalm 19, 5 a.m., running around, running around to get the contract. Have you been to an, office, to, a, to an office where they will tell you to wait? You will be there 7 o'clock, and you are likely going to wait for that person till 12 noon. Now, imagine that before you left home, the Lord said to you, spend time with me. And then, around 10 o'clock, because God factored traffic for you, he said, now, go to the office. Nothing simplifies our victory and encounter in life as much as wisdom that heaven deposits. Truly, what terminates struggle is one wise word from God. What terminates every... I speak from sincere experience and practical truth. But to assess that wisdom, it is not in the run around, one chapter Bible, one five minutes prayer. It's called a prayer of consecration. The, step, the first step towards accessing divine wisdom. Struggle can end when there's one contact with divine wisdom. What is the second thing you need to access divine wisdom? You need 
to develop an habit where only scripture can solve all your problems. Where every situation you encounter, you look for a scripture for it. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. He said, if you hearken diligently, you remember that scripture? Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. If you hearken diligently and obey, you cannot hearken diligently to something you have not studied diligently. Because the pathway to acting says, study to show yourself approved first unto God like a workman that need not to be ashamed and rightly dividing the word of truth. This is 28. Now, it shall come to us if you diligent. Now, the word that is very striking there is the word diligent. You know, diligent is not the language of a lazy man. To say diligent means is an element of devotion. An element of consummation. You are consumed with it. If we throw a census question now, when was the last time you picked a scripture and you incubated it in prayer? These were the things we were raised with. And I'm not lying. They will say, pick on scripture and praying and pray in tongues on it for 30 minutes. It strengthened us, it empowered us, and we became immune to so many things. Until you get to a point where scripture is the only solution to every situation, then you are not supposed to operate in divine wisdom. You know, all these ideas you pick from friends and colleagues on Facebook and all the social media, they are not the same as spiritual wisdom. The scripture has solution. Let me ask a question. Is there any situation in life that there's no reference in the Bible? Let me give you one that almost confused me one time. The Roman Catholic have a belief that when you die, there's a middle place you need to go to before you get to paradise. They call it purgatory. Remember? Anybody that... Uh, and I was searching the scripture. You know that thing is in the Bible. It's in the Bible somewhere there. Because the thief that left with Jesus Christ, he said tonight you be with paradise. Where were they? Heaven? Someone brought another argument. He said, no, 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 no. Adam were not the only two people created. And for a long time, I believed that they were the only two people created. Until, personally, I saw in scripture that Adam were the only two people created in the Garden of Eden. There were other people outside the Garden. Ha. Oh, you think there were no people outside the Garden? Bible talks about giants. Who slept with, the, who slept with men? Deep search in scriptures. Until the scripture becomes your permanent provision to solve life situation, then you are still working in human knowledge. Sickness, disease. I was premier two days ago to carry a young boy to um, um, Lagoon Hospital, and they said the young boy has what enlarged tonsils. That's why his breathing is affected. And then when we we're going, I said, I only came here to find the problem. Once I know the problem, I can take it in prayer points to God. And while we we're praying, I said, Lord, what is the problem? What is the solution? Do you say, Give the boy a lot of pepper. Give the boy a lot of what? Pepper. And the tonsils will shrink naturally by itself. That can only come from divine wisdom. Because your alternative will be what? Surgery. And today the boy is breathing well. Giving pepe. Pepe. I speak with such pain because until we liberate ourselves from earthly efforts, we won't enjoy heavenly bliss. The struggle on this earth is wearing people out. People are looking older than their age because they are trying to solve life problems with their natural wisdom. Whilst there is a wisdom that God provided for all of us in that Corinthians, he called it wisdom that is above, that is pure. If you check the characteristics of that wisdom, he said it is pure. It is not envious. It does not harbor bitterness. You can't operate the two. Your own forgiveness nature is taking pure wisdom away from you. And then it's wearing you out. Bitterness is sitting somewhere. Number two ways to access this wisdom. Number three, rather. 
I'm not sure I'm going to deliver this, but please listen attentively. Anybody heard the word mating before? Mating. When I say animals mate, what comes to mind? A, a process of reproduction is about to take place. Is that correct? Do you know in the same manner, we mate with the word of God? That sounds a bit... Anybody familiar with what I'm saying? You can mate with God's word. The composition of God's word, if you break it into pieces, according to 1 John chapter 5, he said there are three that represent in heaven, God the Father, the Spirit, from verse 6, 7, 8, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and there are three that are present here on earth. He said the water, the blood. Now, for every biological explanation to formation of zygote or embryo, it's a mixture of water and blood. Am I correct here? I'm not a medical doctor, but elementary biology. When the Holy Ghost came upon Mary, in Luke chapter 1. And Mary asked a simple question. He said, with what you have said, how shall these things be? What was the response the Holy Ghost gave him? Uh, please, no, it's Bible now. It's Wednesday Bible study. We can't speak dimension of this wisdom and still be talking ta-ta-ta at the elementary level. No. You, God is too deep for us to stay on the surface. What was the response of the angel to Mary? The Holy Spirit will, will mate with you. The Holy Spirit will what? Will mate with you. And you and I know the outcome of that meeting to date. The same way, the seed of the word is activated by the influence of the Holy Ghost that brings life into it. When you read scripture that says, and the word became flesh, what do you think it was saying? A meeting took place. Listen to me, friends, if you really want to grow spiritually, there is a part of your life that we meet with scripture because until it becomes real, mentally real, when scripture becomes tangible, you have heard some men of God, they said, as I read the Bible, a verse jumped out. People relate with scripture like it's an occultic component. I don't have a better word, that's why I use the word occultic. Until you step into a realm where reading the Bible is like an occultic intimacy, you will never enter the full elixir of the potency of scriptures until you will just get to one point and know that you cannot die prematurely it's impossible that is when the word has formed life inside of you war and, and, and crisis in life took me through this part in the past two years of my life the crisis I have witnessed I never imagined I would have survived it but I realized that it did only one thing to me it showed me the picture of the vanity of life that only God has the antidote to human life's crisis. And I realized that the pursuit of God is not the privilege of the lazy. God is very tough. God is very strict. God is very demanding. Then you wake up in the morning and your breakfast is made and God said, no, it's not time to eat today. There's a lot I want you to do. Some of us will go ahead and eat now. There is something called mating. Where Paul said, I travel daily, that Christ be formed in you. I am only traveling that Christ be formed in you. Christ is not a mirage, it's a reality, an infusion in your head. There is mating of the world. When you pick a verse. Now, look at one situation. 
For example, sir, I'll give a good example. One of the most terrible things that has plagued me in my entire life from the beginning of my first year on earth and now is that I never imagined I would fight a battle called debt. You know, there is something called the principality called debt. You just never walk out of that problem if God does not come to your rescue. You know, they call it in Yoruba, Bisi. Bisi. Ah! I have never imagined that with my level of articulation, I will wiggle my way into this. And I realized something about debt. The more you struggle with it, it's like a web. The more it tangles you, the more. You can't appreciate what I'm saying tonight if you have not been in crisis before. This debt, it, it became a monster. When the devil becomes more real to you than the scripture, then you know you are far from victory. So the medicine I'm talking about is that medicine forms the life that it becomes more real to you than even the devil. Hey, a man was sleeping in his room. The devil came in through the door, scattered his room. He was sleeping in his own bedroom. The devil came to the sitting room, scattered the whole sitting room. While that was going on, the man got up. As the man stepped out of his bed bedroom, entered the sitting room, the devil flew through the window. You know what the man did? He said, hey, hey, come, 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 come back, come back, come back, come back. Come and arrange this thing very well the way you saw it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was not a spontaneous reaction from a stupid man. It's a man that over the years is ever in a default mode to fight. Over the years, he has mastered that I am not human being, I'm a spirit trying to behave like human. They say, ah, with your prayer, sir, I will conquer it. I have conquered it. But while in my study, because I'm going to have to write it, for every crisis you have overcome in life, there is nothing wrong putting that as an epistle in form of a book. Write a book, put it on a shelf. How to overcome basic. And the common sense, the common sense instruction God gave me. You know, it occurred to me that personally, I don't have basic. But I started a business that is so sensitive to basic. And then, the Lord told me, he said, son, I know you're already overwhelmed with this problem. At that time, I was almost tempted to leave church, to leave. You know, when problems start to graduate, isolating you, when problem wants to kill you, the first step is to isolate you, separate you from the pack, and then you just find a corner and finish you there. But you know, we have a very reliable spiritual father who saw beyond the situation and said, Oh boy, oh boy, you are you are crash. You know. And then he called me and said, sit down. What is the problem? Break it down. You know, I feel bad when some of us claim that he's our father and you have no relationship with him. You don't understand that his role here is to make you prosper. And then you are running from the father of the house. You expect him to be a God to you when you are so much of a, a don't let us use it. But trust me, if he can't serve you, he can't account for you. If you can't come close to him, to him enough, he can't account. He called me and I'm standing here based on that calling. He said, come here. This problem is not new in human history. This is the way forward. This is the way forward. First and foremost, go back to your duty post. Go to your what? Duty post. I said, yes, sir. And from that destruction, God said to explain further what, he needed, what I needed to do. One of the things he first told me that I'm going to put in my book is go and look for Ajo. You know what they call Ajo? Do Ajo with plenty places. Places. So that you, as you park here, you pay this basic with it. As you park here, you pay basic with it. And I've been doing Ajo. And I draw, and I draw. Okay, so I ask you a question now. If you have been trusting God for a future partner for 15 years, God is not behind the affliction. Wisdom is just absent somewhere in your equation. That's the truth. The day you can personally read Psalm 20. Anybody read Psalm 20 before? 
I'll call upon you in the day of trouble, you shall hear me. And in verse 5 or so, he said, I will present my petition. Petition is a legal, is legal document you offer to God. That I have no business going through this problem. What are you saying? Because until God speaks, the problem will still continue to afflict. So we need to mate with the word. Your laziness in scripture will deny you a good future. You need the scripture to strengthen your future. This haphazard Bible reading, it does not encourage your spiritual growth. Find a structural way to develop habits in reading. And I can bet you there is a solution in scriptures. Number two. Number three ways to access this strange wisdom. Sir, this number three point, you will bear witness. Anybody, every one of us in this room, I want to ask a question. For every success, is there a secret? For every success, is there a secret behind it? Can we have an answer? A man of God said, I've been married for 36 years. I have not had one quarrel with my wife. Pastor, you know, you just humbled me with your answer. You know what somebody will say here with his very earthly knowledge and sensual knowledge? Now lie, you know, if you happen. For the fact that it's impossible in your life does not mean it is general. You think everybody in Nigeria is suffering? No. 36, I have not had one quarrel. And then he went further and said, because I discovered the secrets before I got married. So, any area of life that somebody is excelling more than you, the person knows something than you. Is that correct? Is it given? Now, let us now go further. Secrets is not the same as general information. Secrets is a privileged information kept by individual. The person would only be willing to share it with what category of person? Who is the person that you think is qualified to, I'm close to pastor by privilege of risk responsibility. But I know that pastor can't share certain intimate secrets with me. And the only reason he will do that is number one, he doesn't know me well enough. Though I'm a pastor in the house, the pastoral title does not, is not equal to intimacy. Two, he doesn't know if I'm mature enough to handle it. Because everything about life is divided into two, public and private. The mouth for public speaking, the heart for private enclosure. Is that not it? Now, now understand this truth. The way you are looking at me, there are certain public features you can see. But there are some things we call private what? Private features. Even in the private of the private, there's another private thing. Like I can't see your liver or kidney. If you think you are so strong and bold, show us your kidney. And let's see how long you will live. Meaning, one of the ways to assess the spirit kind of wisdom is that God must have observed that you are matured enough to handle secrets. All this saga and drama that we are hearing about is just a secret leak that resulted to this crisis. If it had been secrets, which it had been all the while, the matter would have just been. And as a result, some people are disconnected from God. They are tired of hearing pastors. Now, friends, the point I'm going to is that if God can share secrets with you, the same way pastor will not share some secrets with me. Grandma will not share some secrets with me. Am I correct, man? You, you know, there's a way you can be looking at somebody and you know this problem. But I can't tell you because, oh, legba. Like one, one funny girl that went to pray in front of a prophet. The prophet said, go and buy gifts for your mother. You know what the girl did? He went, she went home. Hey, so you're the one responsible for my, all my problem. The lady didn't live two months. What happened? Immaturity. 
God is ever willing to deliver the secrets of greatness. But most of us are not matured enough to handle it. The secrets of the Lord. Remember the scripture in 29, 29 of Deuteronomy? Anybody remember that scripture? It says the secret things belongs to God. And then he reveals them to whomsoever he wants to. Every major success story in your life that will repeat itself in generation, there must be a secret behind it. And secret is not the privilege of children, it's for adults. The Yoruba proverb says, Grandma, you remember this proverb in Yoruba that says, Be a modiba more way. The reason why they have not dragged you into some personal business is that you are too young and too infantile. You are too juvenile for the to reveal it. Sir, you want to see something? Absolutely. So look at yourself right now and the situation that you are dealing with. There is a secret behind it. The secret cannot be revealed because you are too baby. You know when you imagine, Sister Akpai, I, I know you are quite close to Stalide. And Stalide, you just shared one simple secret with Stalide. And Stalide, do you know what? That boy kissed me yesterday. Sister Akpai. And then the following morning or the following day, you just saw it. You know the funny thing about friendship and secrets? This one is this one's friend. He keeps his secret. That one also has a friend that is his friend and he keeps his secret. And then the secret goes around and then it's like, the next day you have a major secret that will change our life for good. Would you say it? No. Some of us, one of the reasons why there is no role of friendship in your life because friendship is critical to greatness. Only good friends can take you further. Now, one of the reasons why friendship is not active in your life is that your mouth is very loose. In the natural, even in the spirit. Imagine in the spirit. As I'm preaching now, the Lord just revealed to you that that guy preaching on stage, you know he just fornicated. Holy Spirit, what did you say? He just fornicated. Ha! Amen also! Do you know what she will do? Do you know what the sister will do? The next prayer meeting. You know why you want to give prayer points in the form of gossip? Let us pray for Pastor Steve. Ah! The, the Lord is saying many things to me. We should pray against fornication. And the next time God wants to reveal such secret, he will look for someone else who can keep his mouth. Friends, David knew so much about Saul. He knew too much about the strength and the weakness of Saul. But you know what? Even when he had the opportunity to, start, to stab him to death, what did David do? He said, ah, let's not touch his anointed. People's secrets are not safe with you. God is watching you. Then how can he keep secrets of success with you? We must understand that secret is part of life. Everything about life is not public. Some things will remain private. As a matter of fact, part of what is keeping the equilibrium of peace in the world is that some secrets are kept quietly. If the secrets of the marriages are revealed, some marriages will never work. Ladies and gentlemen, let us grow up and understand that as you mature, it will be demanded of you to know when to keep your mouth shut. It is not everything the eye sees that the mouth must say. A little girl met me today. Not a little girl, it's about 43 years old. He says, Steve, what do we do about this money problem? That a friend of mine called me this morning and said, well, I'm just telling you because you've been too long in this poverty circle and I want to help you once and for all. And the friend said, what do I need to do? He said, just get me the head of a fresh human being because the one they did for me is working fantastically. Now, I love the way Pastor said, ah, 
There are many of your friends that you are envying in their success story, in their life. If they open their mouth and tell you the secret, you will run. Now, you that you have a higher secret in God, because he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High should have higher secrets that no man should have to succeed. But our brain is blank. Why? Because we are too infantile. Children. God is really pained. He's really hurt. Because all the riches in heaven, he has no need for them. It's for you. But your mouth is too open. Your heart is too loose. And too, In fact, I read something concerning Paul. He said, if I'm eating a meat beside a weak brother, I will not eat the meat so that the weak brother will not fall. And I said, Paul, better leave a weak brother and look for a strong brother that you can eat meat beside him. So the problem was not the meat. The problem is that there are weak brothers. All because you saw me in a club. I'm not drinking beer. I just sat there. They are afraid that, ah, I saw Pastor C. I don't go to club, it's just an example. Yes. Christian maturity demands that no what is private. The pastors are not gods. They are men. And their secret is not your privileged information to share around. Keep it. And let's keep the intact, the reputation of the church together. Number three, number four, what guarantees access? I said the first thing that the other thing that guarantees that you cannot be greater than any man that you have not submitted to as an apprentice. You know the truth. Some of us desire greatness, but you are not an apprentice to anyone. Check out the stories of your fathers in faith. They were apprentices to people. They learned under people. Paul learned under Gamaliel. Jesus learned with his father. Both earthly father and heavenly father. The question is, who are you learning from? Who is an inspiration, an instructor? Paul said, we have, we have one father, but a thousand instructors. Nobody instructs you. Because you know the truth, there is safety in counsel. But I can only give you at most counsel to the extent of your submission. A lot of people don't have counsel. They don't have anybody talking to them. You are not an apprentice to anybody. You have nothing. And how can you be an apprentice if there is no skill to develop? Friends, God is eager to bless us. The instructions are very clear. You need somebody you can run to and say, Oye me more. You know, I remember one of the announcements pastor gave in the workforce of a marriage that um, started and in after four months, they started to call it quit. You know, in reality, it's quite an embarrassment, but the truth is wisdom doesn't play a significant role there. Honestly, truth, if you listen to the details of what probably will happen, one voice of counsel could have neutralized the whole problem. One voice of counsel could have settled the whole problem. The current crisis you are dealing with, if you had exposed yourself to right counsel, it might never be an issue. The same way I will not be in this depth if I had spoken to our instructors who are in financial business and know how to select risk. How can you run a financial business and you don't have a standby lawyer? Mama, maybe you told me. Uh, you said, a problem you, Mama, well, I don't know. It's part of your job. But how could you have attempted to put a structure of financial business and there is no legal department? You are a foolish man. I know foolishness is very annoying. I'm very expensive. And today, anyway, I'm not holding God responsible. I'm just trusting God to get out of it. And some of us are here seated. Nobody is a mentor in that thing you are doing. Nobody is guiding you. Don't wait till you fall. There's a lot of energy to get up that you don't need if you could be running. There was a man in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 that saved the whole city with his wisdom and he was soon forgotten. And the Bible said because 
He didn't know how to negotiate with his wisdom. Tonight is not for me to talk about the principle of negotiation. My concern tonight is to say to us, there is this great wisdom that exists, but it starts with one, a level of consecration to God, where God becomes very pivotal to your existence. Number two, you need to get addicted to using scripture to solve life's problem. Until you master that practice, you can never walk in superior wisdom. Number three, you need to understand the concept of mating on the world, meaning you speak with the world, you sleep with the world, you wake up with the world, you are masticating it and you are chewing it, you are meditating. This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Then you shall have what? Good success. Your heart is, is blank on social media. All you have is social media. You know, one of the things that baffles me that the social media is a word now, a very important word. The church must understand how it operates. But what I don't understand is how can someone be in the restroom and you are, doing, you are recording? You are recording, you are in the restroom, you are recording, you are about to enter back room. And I say to myself, this thing is clearly advertising the level of stupidity that is increasing in our society. Because I'm imagining if I'm destined to be the president of America and I'll do a video that I'm entering the bathroom and I'm ready. Because those social media people, they don't forget anything, you know. Everything will be remembered one day. And then they will show me and say, look at you. Just like the unfortunate incident of a man who slapped somebody at a shop and he said, ah, I did it before I became senator. Social media didn't forget. Now you are a senator. Friends, you can't depart from this wisdom. You need it. Once you attain this wisdom, success becomes a default experience. Have you been blessed tonight? I'm done. I'm done. And I'm just going to ask that I need you to just bow your heads and take just two prayers with me. And you just two prayer points you will take with me. The first one is every operation of foolishness currently in my life. Every foolish thing I'm currently doing. You are doing some foolish things right now and you want to say to God, take this foolishness out of me. Some of you are so foolish, you are very stubborn. Some foolishness that just tells you, take away. The Bible said foolishness abounds in the heart of a child. Only the rod of correction will bring it out. Lord, correct me for my foolish behavior. Tonight is the night that you will take foolishness out of my heart. Foolish talking, foolish jesting, things that does not add up. The next prayer you want to pray after saying that to God is that God, increase my wisdom level from tonight. Increase my wisdom level from tonight. I want to walk in supernatural wisdom. I want to walk in an uncommon wisdom. I want to walk in a wisdom that solves problems. When I show up, let people see me as solution. Give me this uncommon wisdom. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, let every time.